This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Pass to work quickly, down to six seconds, Carr going down again, and it's Quinton Williams this time for the Jets. And welcome back to another episode of the Cool Your Jets podcast. We're your host, Ben Blessington and Michael Nania. We are back with another head coaching deep dive, this time about Arthur Smith, our guy, Michael, Arthur Smith, who I, I wrote an article about back in September detailing why he should be the head coach of the New York Jets. I don't mean to say anything. He got a lot of momentum as Arthur Smith to the Jets because that article, Michael, I think. I think Arthur can thank me. The fact that he's got an interview with every single top um, or every single head coaching opening. Yeah. When he does get hired, he has to give you some credit. That's for sure. Yeah, uh, most definitely. And, and we have, as we've been doing with, with some of these head coaching deep dives, we bring on somebody who knows a hell of a lot more than us about the specific candidate, Buck rising from A to Z sports is a Titans reporter. Uh, really great guy. We've gotten to talk to him for a few minutes. Uh, Buck, how you doing, man? I mean, it's it's obviously a, a great season to be a Titan. I know you're not a Titans fan, but at least a, a great season to be around the the Tennessee Titans. Uh, we've we spent the last 15 weeks of our podcast cheering for the Jets to lose. So can you just can you just tell us what winning's like? It's kind of a foreign uh, idea to us. You know, winning is a lot better when you score 30 plus points a game, which is why I'm here to talk to you gentlemen <laughs> about the guy that uh, the Jets could potentially hire. No, it's. It's been refreshing because for a while, you know, you, you like to cover football teams that win, obviously, because winning means that you have more to do. There's more right. interest in your team. The players are more engaged when you have to talk to them about uh, stuff when they oftentimes don't want to talk to you. So all of those things uh, are made a lot easier when they win. But more importantly, the offense is no longer constipated as it was under Marcus Mariota. So it is a blessing absolutely here in Nashville that we have competent offensive football, offensive driven football, no less uh, under Mike Vrabel and offensive coordinator, Arthur Smith. Yeah. I mean, that's the interesting, interesting thing because Vrabel got a lot of praise his first year as, as the architect behind the Titans success. But as I pointed out in my article, the Titans offense was their hidden hero. And, and the fact that he was able to uncover Ryan Tannehill and turned him into a, a top quarterback and one of the more efficient quarterbacks in the NFL, obviously Derrick Henry, uh, you know, there wasn't much that Arthur could do to, to elevate him. But before, before Arthur Smith came around, Derrick Henry was not as, nearly as good as he is uh, right now for one of the few guys to hit 2000 rushing yards on a season. 
Um, but let's talk about Arthur. He's a guy that's arrived four different coaching regimes uh, and in kind of came out of nowhere. Obviously, he's the son of, of the FedEx founder. So he comes from some money. And I know that dissuades some guys as he's not a blue collar guy. But the more you dig into him, the more you see that his roots in the NFL uh, and specifically this Tennessee Titans organization go back quite a while. Can you just talk about Arthur Smith before he became the offensive coordinator? He's been in this organization for a while. Why was it, do you think, that he kept surviving coaching changes? And then maybe just talk about why he was chosen for the man for the job in 2019. Well, anybody who knows Arthur and has been coached by Arthur will tell you he's one of the smartest football minds that they've been around, which has a great deal to do with why he is now in the position that he is and why he is so good at scheming up offenses we're discussing. Uh, his worth, his work ethic is reportedly unmatched uh, based on what the coaches will tell you, what the players who have worked under Arthur and with Arthur will tell you. Given that he comes from such uh, such affluent background, one would think that, you know, maybe that maybe not necessarily nepotism because Fred Smith does not obviously work in the professional football world, although he is at present part owner in the Washington football team, which he's trying to get out of. But uh, what Arthur represents is somebody who doesn't care about money, doesn't care about his background, doesn't care about what he is being asked in what role he is. He wants to be a football coach. He has gr grinded his way up from defensive quality control coach, offensive quality control coach, assistant tight ends coach, tight ends coach, and now offensive coordinator largely on his own merit. It is a tribute to him and, and the work ethic as we discussed and also the football acumen because it's not like Mike Vrabel when Mike got here decided that he was going to go seek Arthur out. Arthur went to Vrabel and said, hey, I would like to interview for the position of offensive coordinator after Matt LaFleur left to become the head coach of the Green Bay Packers. And Mike had the, uh, the, the, what, what do you want to call it? The wisdom wisdom, I guess is probably the best word, the foresight to say, yeah, Art, come on in. We'll talk and ended up hiring him because what Vrabel is, is one of the smarter football people, purely football people among the head coaches in the league right now. And I don't say that out of a place of bias. Anybody who's been around Mike will tell you from Bill Belichick on down that this is why he is in the position he is. And he identified that similar skill set within Arthur. And that's why he was elevated to the position of offensive coordinator. And you mentioned Matt LaFleur. Obviously, he's had a lot of success in Green Bay, but the Titans offense has really taken a step up since Arthur was promoted to that job and replaced Matt LaFleur. So what do you think are some of the biggest differences between what Tennessee was doing before Arthur became the offensive coordinator and what they've done under him? Obviously, the talent is a lot different. You mentioned Mariota before. That was obviously a big part of their struggles. But in terms of the scheme, the approach, the philosophy, what are some of the biggest changes between what LaFleur is doing and now under Arthur Smith? So really, if I'm being honest, there's not a lot of, uh, there's not a lot of schematic differences in what they do. Everything that uh, Matt LaFleur wanted to run was based off of outside zone principles. That's where the play action passing game uh, evolved from. And, and that's largely what they do now under Arthur in Tennessee. Now, what Arthur has done is he's taken stuff from Ken Wisenhunt, stuff from Mike Malarkey, stuff from Mike Munchak, and stuff from Matt LaFleur to kind of transform this offense into 
uh, probably a more evolved version of the one that Lafleur was running. But but largely the difference, to be honest with you guys, not to take anything away from Art or, or Matt, but it's it was Mariota. I mean, Derrick Henry was not Derrick Henry with Marcus Mariota at quarterback. Derrick Henry was only able to find uh, the great success on the ground that he had. Part of it was because DeMarco Murray was here before him and Mike Malarkey had this weird thing with DeMarco Murray that even when his body was falling apart at the end that they still started DeMarco Murray when it was probably time for them to go to Derrick Henry. But, I mean, Derrick Henry was losing snaps to David Flewellen, who nobody outside of Nashville knows or should know because David <laughs> Flewellen was a great special teamer, but nothing more than that. And up until the upset of the New England Patriots here in Nashville in 2018, Vrabel's first year, and Flewellen got a knee injury, Derrick Henry was on the trading block. <laughs> was on the trading block. They were shopping him, uh, John Robinson was. So largely the difference is the, the competency of the quarterback. Now, obviously, Ryan Tannehill is far more than competent. He is, in, certainly in 2020 and, and now into 2021, uh, playing the position at an elite level. But that is amplified by the ability for Arthur Smith to utilize the talent that's around Ryan Tannehill, scheme open, Corey Davis scheme open AJ Brown and then allow their natural abilities put their put them in position to let their to let their God-given talent really take over and make this offense hum yeah you talk about Ryan Tannehill and, and Derrick Henry and obviously two very talented guys specifically with Tannehill though he was a guy that as Jets fans know uh, was coached by Adam Gase and was clearly not hitting his potential as, as we've seen him hit in Tennessee. And Derrick Henry was another guy who obviously had all the, the talent in the world. You can't teach that type of size, that type of motor, but wasn't putting up the numbers he's, he's putting up now with Arthur. You talk about Arthur putting him in the best position to succeed. Is is that his biggest contribution uh, to to the uh, production that they're having? What are I guess how much does Arthur deserve credit for for their development how much has he facilitated that and how much is that just timing and how much is that just his good game plan and good scheming and doing what his players do best well I think it, it took some time for Arthur to figure out exactly what they wanted to be as an offensive identity I mean as as recently as week seven I guess that would have been uh, in Carolina, when they lost, they were still focusing game plans around Deion Lewis. And I know you guys cover the Jets, uh, but Giants fans, I'm sure, understand how largely useless Deion Lewis is as a <laughs> professional NFL football player. And that's nothing against Deion personally. It's just where he is at his career. So until the second half of that week seven loss, Art was still trying to figure out, you know, how, how to make this offense go. And turns out it's largely based around Derrick Henry and Derrick Henry's ability to attract attention and open up the play action opportunities and allow Tannehill like he did yesterday uh, against Houston to have success on the ground, using his legs, freeing him up because Derrick Henry attracts so much attention. So Art does deserve a good deal of the credit, but largely the pieces were in place when Arthur was inserted. Now, Art has a better understanding of the personnel than really anybody in this organization at this point, because he's been here longer than John Robinson. He's been here longer than Mike Vrabel. So he understands the skill sets of each particular player and the players recognize that they respond really, really well uh, to Arthur, whether it's, you know, I know he's not playing right now because of a, an ACL injury, but whether it be Taylor Lewan or Delaney Walker, when he was playing for the Tennessee Titans, John Smith has praised Arthur constantly because John was a tight end and tight ends eat in this offense. And it's largely because Arthur was a tight ends coach uh, for many years before he was promoted to offensive coordinator. So you want to give Arthur credit. You should give Arthur credit. They've scored 40 points four times uh, in, or excuse me, five times 
out of the 16 games this year, uh, this season, and been largely successful, particularly in the red zone. The talent was there. Arthur just figured out how to use it better. And, and so what would you say are some of his biggest strengths, just from an offensive coordinator standpoint? Because obviously we're talking about him as head coach candidate, but just in terms of what he's done as an offensive coordinator in terms of play calling, building that scheme, establishing it, and drilling it into the players and making sure that they understand their roles. What do you think are his biggest strengths as an offensive coordinator? He loves the strategy of it. He loves the game planning elements of it. He enjoys the matchups and how to, you know, exploit weaknesses in the defense and utilize the personnel that he has at his disposal to be, to be able to exploit those weaknesses in a defense. He, he has a lot of different options that he can use here in Tennessee. Cause as we mentioned, Corey Davis, uh, really not until this year has been largely consistent. He had some bad drops yesterday, but Corey has been uh, a really a, a rising star within this offense and will likely be paid by a team like the Jets or the Eagles who will be looking for a wide receiver as they, as they seek to rebuild. Um, the, the strategy element of it has been largely the best attribute of Arthur. He has been criticized at various points for getting too cute um, in the red zone sometimes when they're throwing it uh, on all three downs, when you have a skyscraper at running back that can fall forward for the three and a half yards that you need to get. But you can't always go to Derrick Henry because everybody knows it's coming and you have to find ways uh, to help free him up. But largely the game plans have been hugely effective, hugely efficient um, more than anything, and they score at a high rate. So the strategy of it, I think, is what Arthur enjoys the most and what he seems to excel the most at once he kind of understood, you know, what his role was as a first time play caller last season. And obviously when you hear that uh, and specifically you talking about him getting too cute, Jets fans are very familiar with Adam Gase, who clearly didn't have the success that, that Arthur Smith has had the last two years. But when you go back to, to Adam Gase's time as an offense coordinator in Denver with Peyton Manning, they obviously had a historic offense. Then they went to the Super Bowl, and that was pretty much the catalyst for him getting two different head coaching jobs was his relationship to Peyton Manning. And, and there's always a concern when you hire a coordinator, or I guess I should say a, a level of uncertainty when a coordinator becomes a head coach. You just don't know how he's going to adjust in running a whole team and not just focusing on, on his side of the football. It's something that the Jets have been plagued by with every one of their last head coaches for the last decade, from Rex Ryan to Todd Bowles to Adam Gase they didn't tend to delegate their side of the football. They focused on, on being the offensive or being the head coach of the offense and then having a head coach, the defense or vice versa. Is that a concern, I guess, with, with Arthur Smith? I mean, what would you say, I guess we should start with this. What would you say are some of his biggest strengths about becoming a head coach? We've heard about him as an offense coordinator, but is there something that that Jets fans should know about Arthur Smith that in your eyes would make him a good head coach? And then to piggyback off that, are there concerns, I guess, some uncertainty that, that Arthur maybe isn't ready to be head coach or, or maybe um, hasn't necessarily been a coach or an offensive coordinator long enough to know that, look, this is a guy that's going to oversee the whole, the entire football operation, be that CEO, be that players coach, be that leader. Are there concerns there? So kind of a two part of there, but as, as the Jets owner just said today in a, in a press conference that the Jets are looking for a CEO, a leader, is, is that the type of guy you think Arthur Smith can be? Art's worked his way up from every level of the organization. Um, and that's the biggest, the biggest probably asset or uh, note on his resume, as it were, for what would make a good head coach is because he understands every level, not just the offense, uh, but he's been a defensive quality uh, control coach. He has seen and worked his way up over the last nine years 
in the organization. And he's learned largely, not uh, not entirely, but largely under Mike Vrabel, who I don't think you could find a more hands-on coach than Mike is. Mike's literally in every position meeting room. He goes around at practice and is very, I mean, literally hands-on with the players he puts on the chest pad. He lets them beat him up because Mike is probably still in a, in a position to where he could probably get a better pass rush than half of the Titans outside linebackers right now. But I digress. Uh, what Arthur has, what Arthur has done um, is, is he's really engendered the goodwill of the entire team, the entire organization of the Tennessee Titans, because he's worked with them at every level. So from the standpoint of being a CEO of a franchise, I mean, in a perfect world, I don't think Arthur would do terribly well in New York because it's just his personality um, and dealing with the media on a day to day and, and all of the things that can kind of be associated with a big market franchise like New York is. Um, I think ideally it would be a, a situation like the Los Angeles Chargers where it's more relaxed. There's not a ton of scrutiny. Arthur is not somebody who is going to uh, going to give the New York media anything really. So we're, we're, I mean, I, you know, I, I'm, maybe I'm biased, but I'm, I think we're pretty lax here in Nashville, small market team. Nobody really outside of Nashville cares about the Titans and Arthur is not willing to divulge anything in our <laughs> weekly zooms with him. God love him. He's a, he's a very nice man, but uh, not terribly forthcoming. You're going to have to learn everything about Arthur and what Arthur wants to do from studying what his offense puts out on the field. So uh, long way of answering your question. I would say I would have zero concerns about him handling everything from a, from a football perspective on the ground up. It's just all of the outside, uh, th all of the, all of the things on the outside of what it is that comes with the responsibility of being a head football coach, like talking to the media almost every day, every day, but Tuesday in our case, um, that may kind of wear on him and may kind of fray him a little bit. I don't want to, it's I, I, almost like I'm, I'm, I'm calling him, uh, like he's not like he couldn't handle that. I don't know right. that he couldn't. I just know that his strengths are not dealing with us. Right. <laughs> and to talk more about the football side, I think the biggest thing from a schematic perspective in terms of concerns is that what he's done in Tennessee is he's built that great ground and pound attack, run first, building the play, the, the passing game off of the play action, which is established by that threat of the run game. So is that a philosophy he's going to try to take to his new team? Or do you think he's the type of coach who will build around his talent? Because with the talent the Titans have with Derrick Henry, a strong offensive line and a quarterback in Tannehill who's mobile what he's doing fits them really well. So is he going to be malleable and sort of adapt to the talent he has, or is that ground and pound approach sort of going to be what he takes with them to his new team? No, they are who they are because they have the best running back in the sport right now. I mean, Derek is unlike anything that I've ever seen. I mean, I've only covered uh, professional football for four years since I've been out of college, but uh, Derek is unlike anything that I've seen in my football watching lifetime, just from a purely running back perspective. Um, from a durability standpoint, from from how I mean, you can give him 34 carries like they did yesterday. He can get 253 yards and be no worse for the wear because that's just Derrick Henry's an alien that way. Um, but Arthur Arthur's best, outside of the schematics, Arthur's probably one of his better qualities is the ability to understand the personnel that he has available to them, and it was, as we discussed earlier, put them in positions to succeed. So it's not necessarily that he would try and take what they do here in Tennessee. There will be conceptual stuff that goes with him 
to wherever it is that he ends up landing if he does in fact get a head coaching job next year. I think there's a, still a little bit of it. There's a lot of candidates and not a ton of availability, even as the uh, even as the Jets and Jags have fired their coaches here today. Um, but I would say I would say that I would trust Arthur if he's allowed to focus on the football element of it and not have to be kind of what Vrabel is here, more of a, a face of the franchise and not have to handle a lot of the PR stuff um, because uh, Tennessee before Derek really didn't have anybody star wise outside of the left tackle that you gravitate towards that you're looking to, to represent the organization. Vrabel is that here. Arthur should not be asked to be that wherever it is that he ends up, but from a play calling perspective and from a personnel perspective, he understands what the strengths and weaknesses of the players are and he'll put them in a position to succeed. Yeah. I mean, that's certainly concerning uh, as a Jets fan when you hear, because there, there are some similarities between Adam Gase and Arthur Smith. They even look a little bit alike. Um, but I, I just, when you look at the a lot of Nick cage to Arthur, yeah, Smith, exactly. And I think there's some, cage. and then Adam Gase has those crazy eyes in the, the press conference. So you get some Nick cage there as well. Um, but when you look at Arthur Smith's track record, I mean, I think it's just, it speaks for itself and the creativity. I mean, and I laid this all out in, in that article we keep referencing as you'll get, to, I mean, it's pretty famous around this pot. I'm just kidding. Sure. Um, but I mean, the creativity, I think his game planning, we even found clips of him running a, a, a halfback pitch to John U. Smith. And then yep. the next week they fake that pitch and they throw a, a backside screen to, to the running back and they get like 15 yards and it's just those little nuances. But what I, I hear what you're saying is that, He's an amazing offensive coordinator, but there are certainly some questions about, can he be that CEO? I mean, if that's the Jets' mission statement for finding the right head coach, is Arthur Smith going to necessarily be that guy? If this candidate, Arthur Smith, was available in 2018, I have no doubt he would have been the guy the Jets hired. But after the experience with Adam Gase, after multiple coaches who just focus on their side of the football and aren't necessarily interested in being the CEO – uh, the representative of the New York Jets, I, I could see the Jets shying away from him. But one of the things that I did think was crucial, and it's crucial anytime you hire a head coach, is that philosophy has to match the GMs. And I think the Jets have a lot wrong with them, but one of the things I'm, I'm optimistic about is their GM, Joe Douglas. I believe that he's the most competent GM that the Jets have had since I've been watching the team. And, and I, I firmly believe in him just looking at his draft class and some of the decisions that he's made. Very smart guy, connections around the league but a former offensive lineman and a guy who firmly believes in building up the trenches. And that's the key to success. There's no bad teams with great offensive lines. And that was his mission statement from day one is we're going to build not only the best culture in sports, but we're going to build through the trenches. And when you look at Arthur Smith, former offensive lineman clearly runs a version of a, of an explosive smash mouth football uh, type oh, of God, speed. don't say exotic smash mouth. People are <laughs> triggered here still by it from malarkey. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll, I'll wait away from, from those terms, but as, as they make Jets great fans, t-shirts, but not great offense. That's about well, the Je- I mean, Jets know all about smash mouth football. That was, that was their, um, what they ran to get to those AFC championships with, with Mark Sanchez and Sean Green and LT, but there wasn't a much exotic, I guess, going on. It was a lot of just halfback dive up the middle, but Arthur Smith, and, and we, we've talked about this many times with him that people think it's certainly it's an offensive league, but people think it's a passing league and that's true, but the best passing teams are able to run the football. You look at Kyle Shanahan, you look at Sean McVay, how you look at what Matt LaFleur is doing up in, in green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. They use the run game, they develop play action, and then they take deep shots off of it. And that's something that Arthur Smith has been terrific at, mm-hmm. but going back to that relationship with the GM as a former GM or as a former offensive lineman for GM and Arthur Smith is a former offensive lineman. 
I guess, what type of philosophy do you think he would have as a head coach? I mean, that's a really important thing when, when you're trying to build, when you're trying to put it together, especially from scratch as the Jets are doing, you want that synergy. And that's one of the most intriguing things about it is not only is Arthur Smith brilliant, but he seems to have a similar vision uh, to Joe Douglas. Do you, what type of philosophy, I guess I should say, uh, do you think Arthur Smith would have? Do you think it is building through the trenches? I mean, what types of players do you think he's going to covet and ask Joe Douglas to get if he would become um, the, the Jets head coach? I mean, obviously everybody values talent, but I think, I think the biggest thing that they, they have seen and John Robinson is the GM here. So, and obviously the Arthur does not have a ton of say over personnel. Arthur's just tasked with coaching them up, but what they value more than anything is intelligence. Um, I think that's something that has kind of been brought, you know, people for the longest have been calling Tennessee, New England South, just because John Robinson and Mike Rabel and all the players that they brought over who John recognized when he was scouting as uh, as the uh, as the director of college scouting in New England for Bill Belichick. Um, intelligence is is the biggest thing. They are able to find guys who understand how to do one job well, put them in a role that will allow them to do that job well on the professional level, and then develop versatility after the fact. John o. Smith is a great example of that. A third round tight end where. There were, uh, there were some questions, probably unfairly, just because of the track round that John who had it. I don't know how much you guys remember from that draft, but he had a, a, a pot of boiling water dumped on him by a pregnant ex-girlfriend through <laughs> no fault of his own. But the story, as a result, the optics are terrible. Now they end up getting John who, and John who is somebody who, as you mentioned, they can put him in the backfield. They can light him up. Uh, they can split him out wide. They can put him in line with the offensive line. And John who has since slowly developed largely under the tutelage of Arthur Smith and Delaney Walker, who was one of the best Titans players, certainly probably the best Titans free agent acquisition uh, in the history of the franchise to kind of how, how to develop their role from the outside. So I would say philosophically, maybe, maybe it's not as, as analytical or maybe it's a little too obvious, but the intelligence of the player is the, is the thing that I think that Arthur values the most because Arthur needs somebody who's going to be able to keep up with his train of thought. And largely, that's what they have here in Tennessee. Players who are, uh, are talented, They've obviously, for, they were terrible for the longest, so it allowed them to build up draft capital to, get, uh, to acquire guys like Corey Davis and Taylor Lewan and A.J. Brown, uh, even though he was a second-round pick. Jeffrey Simmons is somebody who they got, I mean, purely out of uh, – I don't want to call it luck just because of the circumstances that surrounded Simmons that caused him to fall to number 19 in the draft. So there's a little bit of all of that involved, but the intelligence is something that they value and the ability to develop on top of that because of the intelligence associated with the players that they bring in. And, and one of the biggest things whenever you hire a new head coach is how they build their staff. And it's especially big for a guy like in the case of Arthur Smith, who is coming up from a coordinator position, hasn't been in that head coach spot before. So if Arthur does get a head coaching spot, whether it's with the Jets or elsewhere, how do you see him building that staff? Is there anyone from Tennessee who you, you could see him bringing over with him? Are there other names across the league? How do you, what kind of staff do you think he would build if he gets the, a head coaching position? Arthur's connections would uh, would be would be something that any any organization looking to hire him would have to consider because his entire career as a professional uh, football coach have been here in Tennessee. Uh, now there's been many staffs as we uh, as we noted that he would be able to you know they all have connections around the league from guys that have spent enough time in it and Arthur nearly a decade 
at this point would have relationships. Uh, but I think that largely he would pull from, if he was to pull from any staff, it would be from the staff that's currently constructed here in Tennessee under Mike Brabel. Keith Carter, as an offensive line coach, has been an absolute stud with the way that they've had injuries go down and the way that they've been able to develop. They're on their third left tackle in David Questenberry, who is a uh, who's a great story to, to come back from non-Hodgkin's lymphoma to start in his first NFL game, I think since 2017, if I remember correctly, but he's playing left tackle for a team that's a division winner. And largely, he's done quite well. Now, Quesenberry was somebody who was talented in Houston uh, before the before the cancer issues kind of cost him as many years as they did, but Keith Carter has developed him, developed Nate Davis as a third-round pick at right guard, who is one of the most underrated offensive linemen. I think when you go back and watch the film, not named Wyatt Teller with the Cleveland Browns, Roger Saffold is obviously a hugely talented player, but struggled when he first got here, despite what his price tag was from the, uh, from the then- uh, then uh, St. Louis Rams, but now the Los Angeles Rams. And Keith Carter has largely been responsible for the development of that. Uh, Derrick Henry is hugely talented and has 2,000 yards on the merits of Derrick Henry. But the offensive line under Keith Carter has been one of the biggest boons that they've had. And I think that Tony Dews, as a running back coach uh, who's had a lot of experience in college and understands uh, the, the college uh, the college ranks, for lack of a better term, and, and has connections two college coaches at places like West Virginia where he spent some time. I think those two names would pop up just because those positions have had the greatest success here in Tennessee. They've got a really good offensive staff. I'm sure Art, if he left, would try to take a few of them. Uh, but those are two of the names that pop uh, pop into mind just at first glance. Yeah, and he's only been in Tennessee, but because he's been with so many different regimes, he has been exposed to plenty of different guys. A guy like sure. Ken Win- Wisenhut, I could see if he becomes – if Arthur gets a head coaching gig, I could see maybe he brings in a guy like Wisenhut to be his OC as a, as a former head coach. That can... Well, I not, not to cut you off, but I would push oh, no. back there just because Wisenhut uh, largely regarded uh, never unfavor- mind <laughs> unfavorably here in Tennessee and, and not, not to speak for Arthur, but largely by the people who worked under Ken Wisenhut. And only Art's the only one to survive from that regime. So he clearly – Clearly has to figure out how to have a good working relationship with a lot of different people, but Ken Wisenhunt is not a name I would, I would All right, we'll, we'll cancel that. But point still stands that he's, that he's at least been exposed to uh, plenty of different coaching staffs. And so it's, it's one team, but it's, you know, some guys jump from team to team and have, have been exposed to the, just the exact same amount of people as Arthur because he's been through, because he survived so many different coaching staffs. I guess our last question is, is, Let's say the Jets do hire Arthur Smith. Let's say Adam Schefter breaks the news in two weeks from now, the New York Jets have hired Arthur Smith to be their head coach. What are they getting? I mean, what is the type of head coach that you think Arthur Smith will be? Do you think he's he's going to be a successful coach? And specifically in New York, I mean, you said it might not be a match made in heaven. He might be better off in a place like Los Angeles where there's less pressure. But if the Jets hire Arthur Smith, what are they getting? What are you ex- are expecting from him? Do you think he's going to be a good coach? Um the type of philosophy, the type of program that they're trying to build. Do you think he can be that guy where the jets are trying to establish what, what Joe Douglas said, the best culture in sports. Do you think he can be the head coach for that, uh, for that team? Arthur's a huge part of the culture here. And, and, you know, they, they have to identify the right kind of players and the right kind of people to bring in. And that largely that's John Robinson's task as general manager, but there's a reason that Arthur has survived as many coaching regimes as he has. He is uh, a, a fundamental piece, a, uh, a building block, just as, just as Corey Davis was, or A.J. Brown, or Derrick Henry, 
to the success of the Tennessee Titans. I think you're going to get somebody who's going to work his ass off to make sure that he puts everybody, not just himself as the, as we're talking about face of the franchise CEO, whatever you want to call it, but to put his football team in a position to succeed and damn sure not say anything that's going to attract outside attention. They have that he has no interest in distractions. He has no interest in, uh, in uh, much in the way of communication with anybody that's not football related. Uh, and that's, you know, that's not to say that he, that he bristles when he deals with us, but he's just very, very focused on what his job and if it, uh, on what his job is. And if it doesn't help him win football games, then Arthur Smith is not interested, which, you know, it's not sexy, but that's what people like Joe Douglas, I feel, are looking for when they evaluate head coaching candidates. How can you build a culture uh, when, your, when your roster is not a position in a position to help kind of carry over that culture? I'm not sure what the, the status of the Jets roster is in terms not of contracts. Not great, not great. But I feel like there's <laughs> going to be a lot of guys who are moving on uh, at the now at, the, at their season's end. So I would say I, I am bullish on what Arthur is going to be in this league. I think he absolutely does. He's earned the opportunity and I think you're going to get the same kind of work ethic and commitment to excellence as a head coach as we have seen here in Tennessee over the nine years that he's been with the organization yeah I think that's a really important point because there are obviously some similarities to Gase but when you talk about his ability to relate to players one-on-one there's that Washington Post article uh, where they talk about I think it was like the Washington football team trainer was talking with a, a former Titans player and he literally started to choke up and he talked about how Arthur is so trustworthy and direct and you know lets you know where you stand as, as a player and and while Arthur may be somebody who maybe prefers to be in the shadows or maybe he doesn't want to be the Rex Ryan that the Jets had the upfront center Rex and, Ryan. My yeah, promise he's, is not Rex. Yeah. <laughs> and so he may be similar to Gase in that way but there's, you can still find success uh, in those guys. I truly believe that Arthur Smith is going to be a, a good coach or good head coach in this league. He's already a terrific uh, offensive coordinator in this league. The question is, is, is can he be the CEO type of, of leader for the Jets, even if he's not going to be um, the bombastic or the loud or the motivator? Uh, he can still develop those, those relationships, that authenticity. He can command respect and build that culture through his own way. And, and I think that was a, a big part of the reason that, that he's attractive to a lot of teams is he's authentic. He is who he is. Um, but it, it's been an absolute joy to, to, to break him down with you, Buck. I mean, clearly, you know, hell of a lot, a lot more about the Titans and, and Arthur Smith than we do. Um, I, I guess just, I mean, obviously a lot of our, our listeners are not Titans fans, but I will say I've adopted the Titans as my, as my B team for the season, just because of my, okay. my Arthur Smith uh, love. So I'll be cheering for them in the playoffs. I guess, where can our listeners find you and, and get your insight into this, this Titans, uh, this Titans team and, and potentially if the Jets hire Arthur Smith uh, we, we may, we may need to have you back on to, to, to break him down even further, but just shout out your, your stuff. Uh, feel free to give a little bit of a plug um, and, and break uh, and, and let you, let our listeners know where they can find you. The best place that you can find me and all of the stuff that I do is by following a to Z sports on social media. We're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitch, we're on YouTube. We've got great live streaming content full coverage of the Tennessee Titans and whatever will happen with their coaching staff, because there will be some turnover in one way or another. And I'm sure we'll be talking about whom else is leaving with Arthur Smith when he does in fact uh, become a head coach. So if, uh, if you got any interest in where arts coming and going and who may be going with them, we'll, uh, we'll make sure to have you covered over there on A to Z sports. There you have it folks, Arthur Smith. We've been talking about King Arthur on this podcast for a few months now. 
Buck, you just sold me a little bit more on, on bringing Arthur into the fold. You can follow us at CYJPod on Twitter. You can follow myself at Ben W. Blessington, Michael at Michael underscore Nania. You can find this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, iTunes, Spotify. Make sure you check out JetsXFactor.com, the best place to go for Jets content. Plenty more Jets-related content coming this offseason. We'll have two of these head coaching deep dives every day for the next week, and we'll just keep adding on to it uh, for as long as we need. King Arthur, ladies and gentlemen, we talked about him back in September. Could he be the hire for the New York Jets? Looks right, fires a bomb down the right sideline again for Mims. What a catch by Denzel Mims.